0: Good morning. morning. Hope all of you are doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Beitzvot, Tavchav Talit, a very well-known Mishnah and beginning a new Perak. This is Perak Ein Sudden, and we'll speak about the Malacha of Tzad. Tzad is the Malacha of trapping. Of course, you can't kill something that you haven't trapped yet, and in order to have food for Yatef, you have to make sure that you've trapped it. Now, we know that there are Malachos that are permitted on Yom Tov, which are referred to as the Malacha Sochal Nefesh, However, trapping is not one of them, as we'll soon see in uh, in Rashi, and uh, based off of the Mishnah here. We're starting at the bottom of the new Perak, and the Mishnah opens, and so does the Perak. Ain't sadden dagim in bar is a small type of uh, container. In this case, the container, of course, is liquid-based because it's holding fish. No, you are not allowed to uh, catch fish, even from a small container, b'yomto, b'ein nos amazonos, nor can you feed them. Aval, in contrast with fish, one is allowed sudden it is permissible to capture, not in a halachic way, but it's permissible to, to grab a You're allowed to take a smaller animal, like a deer, as we'll soon see in the Gemara like a chicken, those are allowed. We'll see why the Gemara makes a distinction between these two things, though the obvious uh, quick distinction is that catching a fish is quite difficult, uh, and catching a deer when it's in a small container is not that difficult. Just grab it, because it's, it's standing right there, the room is not big. And then and and also as well no the name uh mizonos two lines from the bottom Rab Omer, he is making sure that we know that not every baybar, not every smaller room or smaller container is the same here's the general rule as we turn to the top of tzedah, if an animal is in a room and the animal is namely the animal is not yet trapped so if that's the case then, asr, muter. And if it's something that is uh, not lacking trapping, in other words, it's properly trapped, then you can just grab it, no problem. We'll define that in the Gemara, um with a uh, with a parameter of what it means it's easy to grasp something but the gemara first picks up on a challenge the challenge is that the second line of our mishnah spoke about chay and we said that we're allowed to uh grab a chay no problem at all but the gemara says we have a source that doesn't agree with this we're a the gemara opens as follows there's a brysa and the brysa writes shall chaya vishel ofos our Mishnah said sadin. What does it say here? Ein mehem So a direct conflict between two Tanayic sources, our Mishnah and this b'risa. How do we uh, get out of this mess? And says the Gemara, it's a double question. It's really kasha chaya achaya and kasha ofos. It's a double question. We have to separate out the animals of chaya v'of. Uh, and we'll see why momentarily, uh, and the reason why is because the Gemara thinks that we can solve half of our problem. The fact that we have a contradiction in our Mishnah with a chaya, a small animal, we'll refer to this animal as a deer, the fact that it's okay in our Mishnah to capture a deer, and it's not okay in this brisa to capture a deer, lo kasha, that's not a contradiction. I can solve that problem, because ha reb because Rabbi and the Rabanan have a machlokas in regards to a chayev, it's not. The Mishnah writes, If you capture a bird in a tower, not our case yet, and you capture a deer in a house, chayev. Namely, when you close the door on the deer that has walked into your house, you have violated now the esser of tzad. You're not allowed to do that. That's what this mission, this brysa here is talking about at the top of the page. That you cannot capture a chaya, you're not allowed to put the deer into your house. What's the implication? Low, but in a smaller room than your house, in a room in your house or in a baybar in a small pen, no problem. That aligns with our mishnah, which says Sudden in baybarin. That's okay. So the, the first shita, that of uh, Rev. Yehuda, that aligns with our Mishnah. <laughs> we're missing a word here, <laughs> and he holds that all of them are going to be in violation of the Yisra of Tzad, and therefore, we've cleanly answered that aspect of the machlokas between our Mishnah and this brysa, we said in our Mishnah that the chaya is allowed to be trapped, and in the brysa we said it cannot be trapped, and the Gemara has a clear line of distinction between Rabbi Yehuda, who's, who aligns with our Mishnah, and the chachamim, who align with the brysa, all is well in that regard. The problem is that there's a second aspect of this, of this contradiction. The first was chaya, which we solved, and the second is ofos, which we did not solve. Ela ofos a ofos kasha. And that still remains to be a problem. So about 10 lines down, the Gemara says, And if you want to say, There isn't even a machlokas between these two sources, between our Mishnah and this b'risa, as it relates to the Ofos, maybe we could argue, In one case, we're talking about a, a small pan or a container that, that's roofed and, and one is not that way, says the Gemara, we cannot do that. We can't make that assertion. Why not? Because if we were to look carefully in the machlokas that we saw between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim in the Mishnah that was brought to solve our problem of achaya achaya, we'll see that that doesn't work. For Bias a house is similar to a small pen, a small a small container room that is makura, that has a roof. When it came to a bird, which is an oaf, it's a chicken, it's a fowl. So therefore, we have the same problem, even with this answer, because the Mishnah with Rabbi Yehuda, and not our Mishnah, but the Mishnah quoted in the Gemara with Rabbi and the Rabbanon, they agree in regards to a bird that Lemigdal in and le that and only under certain circumstances is it going to be considered sud. So therefore, that answer doesn't work. And therefore, the Gemara pivots and gives a different answer. We're about a quarter of the way down Khaftal Ramadal from the Rabba Barapuna. Haha, ha, what are we dealing with over here in this case? When we speak about the fact that a bird is not allowed to be trapped, that's bit sefor deror askinan. We're dealing with a bird that is particularly free. It's a bird, it doesn't accept upon itself a master. I was uh, uh, Recently, I was in uh, Mexico and there was a space where there were a lot of birds. So they have this guy who carries an eagle on his arm. He wears a thick leather glove and the eagle constantly comes back and with food, whatever the motivators are, constantly comes back to this person's arm. That bird is mekabel marus. He, he knows who his master is, and he listens. The bird that we're discussing, and the bird that this brysa on the top of haptal doesn't allow for trapping, that bird is aina mekabel marus, and that's why you can't even, no matter where it is, you can never pick it up. It's always going to find an escape route. Why is this bird called a tzipor deror? A bird of freedom. It lives in a house like it does in the field. Namely, it does whatever it wants, wherever it wants, and gets wherever it needs to be. So therefore our Mishnah doesn't allow it. Well, So then our Mishnah raises a concern. If you've made a distinction between this, this b'risa at the top of the page and Chav Gimel Amve, the Mishnah, if you raise the distinction in regards to the cases, one of them is a bird that is uh, trappable and the other is not. So it says the Gemara, the Gemara asis now that we've come to this now that we've come to an answer that doesn't require um, a, a distinction of the Rabbanon versus Rabbi Yehuda. We don't like doing that. We don't like parsing out like that. We do and we don't have a choice. We'd rather understand the cases <coughs> as halachically distinct not just in, in its authorship. But We could have also argued, we could have come up with another distinction in cases, we could have said that maybe when it's a bebar katan, so that is going to be our Mishnah, where where you're allowed to trap, it's such a small pen, the animal has nowhere to walk, you know, like when they're making animals that are veal. They want them to get super fat. So they put them in a pen. It's a and halach of Tsar Are you allowed to benefit from eating those animals even? There are shylas in postgem about eating veal because basically they're force fed. They're also force fed under certain circumstances, which is its own. Uh, set of guidelines. Anyways, but the Gemara says here this is a very small pen, so we could have made the distinction haba bebar haba bebar and the whole problem would have gone away. Forget about the machlokas, Rabbi and the Rabbana. We don't have to answer the contradiction between the mission and the Brysa by saying it's person X versus person Y. Just say one of the one of the well, Our mission is talking about a very small bar, and the brisa is talking about a larger bar. And heichidami bar How would we have defined those locations? says the Gemara, with a few different answers. Whenever you run after it, if you're able to grab the animal in one swing of the arm, then that's a Bebar kata So that's why fishing in a small pond is a problem. I don't care how good you are. I mean, unless it's mamish, like, like a fishbowl, and you have a net, that's not Tzad. But if you have like a pond in your backyard with a bunch of uh, goldfish in there, that's... It's not, it's not a guarantee that every time you scoop up the net, you're going to get a fish. So the, that's the difference between Bebar Kata and, and Bebar Guddle. A Bebar Kata, and you can grab the animal, v'idach. any other option, that's a Bebar Guddle. Inami, another distinction between a small Bebar and a large one, Inami called Hecha Ika upse upse Bebar Guddle. Wherever there are corners where the animals can escape to, that's considered a Bebar Guddle. And we're defining them in the opposite ways. First, we defined a Katan by saying I can reach everything. And now we're defining as a second answer a bay by saying there are corners where the animals can hide. as long as there aren't corners, that's considered a bay katan. And then for three, four lines before the wide lines, inami, another option in defining bay katan versus bay katan, as long as the shadows from one wall fall on another, it's considered katan. Different answers, but the point of the Gemara here overarchingly is that. We don't even accept our initial answer. We started our answer by saying, hey, uh, you know, we need to distinguish here. Our Mishnah is talking about Rabbi Yehuda and the Brysa on the top of Chavdal is talking about the And No, we don't need to do that. Bebar godol versus Bebar Katan and then we don't have to make any distinctions between the Chaya and the Of, all is well. And that brings us to the two dots halfway down, right before the wide lines on Haftal Adam Let's continue. Rashbagh Omer, lo kalay shav and he taught us something that seemed rather intuitive. And on that rather intuitive line, we have a very strange comment says the Gemara Amar of Yosef, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, an excellent chain of history. Rav Yosef, third century. Rav Yehuda, second century. Rav Shmuel, first century of the Amoraim. And he says the Halakha is like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. The Halakha in our Mishnah is like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. So Abaye says back to him, um, Abaye says to Rav Yosef, Abaye was a Talmud of Rav Yosef. So Abaye was fourth century. So we're seeing a four a fourth century dialogue here. Amar Abaye Halakha, when you say that the Halakha is like person X, that's Michlal de Pligi. That implies that there's someone who says... Kolah bebar and shavin. What did Reb Shimon ben Gamliel omir? What did he say? He said, "Lo be bebar and shavin." He said they're not all the same. There's bigger and smaller. So if you say that the halachas like Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, so that implies that somebody out there holds that kolah bebar and shavin that all of them are the same. So how could you say that? Amar I mean, you're right, but it might not mean Allah, who cares? So I said, we follow like Rashbag. what's the big deal? So it says the Gemara, because this isn't a game. Amar Gemara, Gemara, is to The Gemara, which is our tradition, you're turning it into a song. This isn't poetry. We're trying to figure out Halacha l-maisa. If you tell me the Halacha is like X, you're going to draw, you're going to evoke from me the response of, hey, Who's the other Shita? There is no other sheet. It's just Reb and Ben Gamliel. So be clear when you speak. Don't just randomly uh, spew things and tell me that like Ben Gamliel. Nobody argues with Reb and Ben Gamliel. So the Gemara ends there with a bit of a sharp line. We've seen this line before, that the Gemara is not a song, but rather it's our tradition. And therefore, we should take it seriously. Let's continue. Two lines into the wide lines. Was, we had. was considered a Rebbe? Abaye was a Talmud of Rebbe. at at hu amris That's all the times when he was blind. <laughs> right. Yeah, why are you asking? It's quite a sharp the Torah. It is quite a sharpertory. <laughs> but that Abaye that? and Rava were... were course, this is one thing. Yeah. Was the more... could have been Talmachaber. That I don't know. But the generations were certainly different. Right? What's uh, the yeah. translation of that sign? Gemara. Gemara, Gemara. Gemara, Gemara. We're learning tra- our traditions. Zimurta Tehei. You're going to turn it into a song. That's how some people explain it. But it's it's used as a catchphrase. Rashi also discusses this a little bit. If you wanted to look into it, Rashi discusses this a little bit as well. That's kind of like uh, it's a colloquialism of the day kind of a thing. it's, uh, it's, not, it's not good. Uh, it's not a compliment. Let's put it that way. The Gemara continues. We had said, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel had said that the rule was that any animal that's mechus har any animal with it, when you enclose it, it still isn't trapped. Then it's still eligible for the Isra of Tzad. How do we define a space in which it is mechus har Well, Amar of Yosef, it depends on how you talk. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, same Amor Rhyme, same conversations. Let's go trap this animal. That's enough. So it's kind of like your Megala. So you're, you're revealing what your thoughts are about that animal when you open your mouth. Oh, we got to go trap a bear, right? Okay, so you're, you're talking in language of tzad. So if you want to go get a chicken, all right. All right, we got to go trap a uh, a deer. So then, oh, that's a problem. Omar um, hold on one second. People do use that language when we talk about ducks. However, these animals, all of them, that you trap them, you're putter, which implies that they're already trapped which means that the language of, hey, let's go trap this animal, is not a Gilui milsa, that you're actually trapping anything. So, you're right. So, what we're doing is we're adding another factor. Yes, number one is we say that we have to trap this animal. And number two is it has to be an animal that doesn't come home to nest at night. Okay, that's how we know that that animal is a trappable animal. But if the animal does come home at night, so then we we know exactly where he is at at three a.m. Hopefully, right? Then we know where we know where the animal is. The Gemara still can't handle this. The Gemara says, where where am I? Oh, there you are, thank you. Hare, Yone shovach. you have certain types of doves, aliyah, doves that are in the chicken coop, doves that are in the attic, le lo they do come home at night. V'tanya, we see that they do come home at night. We had just said that that factor means that they're trapped. Yet what do we see, V'tanya said, aliyah, no chayim, that if they do come home to, to rest at night, that they're chayim, but you just said that the combo deal was, Hey, we have to go trap this animal and it doesn't come home at night, implying that if it does come home at night, that that animal is already trapped. Yet we see here that that's not true. So the factor that you introduced is not correct. So then the distinction is food. The distinction is, does this animal rely upon you for food? If they rely upon you for food, all right, so then you know where they're going to be because they're always going to come to the trough. Everybody knows that the animal is going to come to eat. You put out a bale of hay and there's cows around, they're going to come more than due time, they'll be there. That's not sudden. You know exactly where the animal is going to be. So now here's the, the trifecta in order to establish what is considered mechusar tzedah. Number one, it's an animal where we verbally or whatever, conceptually have to say, hey, we got to go trap this animal. Number two, it, 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 should, it should say it's actually two factors. And even if it comes home to roost and comes to sleep at home, but it's then we know that that animal is considered mechusar tzedah. A little difficult. Then says the Gemara, Rav Mari. Omar, hani, what are you talking about? These things, they, they all run away. How can you say that? Birds fly everywhere. We can just say there's just different kinds of animals, says the gemara, But all animals fly away. Kulu, nami, you can't make a distinction on that. All birds fly away. I mean, chickens don't, but other birds do, says the Gemara. The answer he was giving is that if they were to fly away when you walk up to their nest, and that would also change the parameters of Machus Artseda. That brings us to a new Mishnah at the bottom of Chavdal Ramadalev. Let's continue. The nets, the traps for a o'of vidagim she'asan san me erav yom tov. If you made the traps beforehand, yito mehen bi yom tov, you should not take animals out of that trap. If you wake up on yantiv morning and you see an animal there, you should not take it. You should not do that unless you know for sure that it was there from before yantiv. And if you don't know, if it's Safek Mukhan, if we're not sure what the status is, if this is Muksa or not, then you should not take it. And then says the Gemara a story, which doesn't seem to really flow, and the Gemara is going to be bothered by that. There's a story of a non-Jew. Shehevi dug him, that he brought fish, the Revan Gamliel, the Amar, and Rabban Gamliel Pasken on them, Mutarin We don't know what Mutarin means. Yet. Can you eat them? Are they just not Muksa? We'll see in the Gemara. Rashi says they were enemies. Maybe he was trying to appease him with a gift. But the point is that Rabban Gamliel didn't get along with this guy. So he brought him food. And he says that it's uh, all good. It's mutter. So then the Gemara says, the story doesn't match the beginning of the Mishnah. The beginning of the Mishnah was saying, we're not sure what the halachic status is of the food. Was it trapped before yantif or was it trapped on yantif, And we don't know which one it is. And then this guy gives him food. We don't know what it is. And Rabban Gamliel says it's mutter. Chasurim Mechser answers the Gemara B'hachik Tani, five lines from the bottom, really, we need to put the B'risa back together in a proper way. Really, the Mishnah should have said as follows. Sufik Muchan Aser. The Tanakama was of the opinion that when you have a status of Sufik Muchan, we're not sure when the animal was tracked. It might have been before Yantsev started, and it might been might have been after. Tanakama says it's Usr. and then the rabbin Gamliel he says, I, "It's okay. Suffolk Muhan is fine by me. I allow you to use that animal." And then the story makes sense. So that's what the Gemara uh, does in its retransformation of our Mishnah to indicate that there is two Shitas in our Mishnah. One that we haven't seen yet, which is that Suffolk Muhan. If we're not sure when the animal was trapped, we treat it as though it's not. And then Rabban Gamliel is the lenient one who says that if there's a Tzafik muhan, we're not sure when the animal was trapped, where it's okay to eat it. And the story supports Rabban Gamliel Sheetah. How do we paskin? Says the Gemara, Amarab Yehuda the halacha is ain halacha kirraban gamliel. We, in other words, we do not say that Tzafik muhan is mutter. When we're unsure if something, this is a very important halacha in general, Let's say we're not sure if something is muhan. We don't know if, it was, if its halachic status was acceptable before Shabbos. We don't know if it was Muxar or not. We don't paskin like Rabban Gamliel. And, and what that means is that we hold that suffix Muchan is Asr, like the Tanakhama. So then says the Gemara, this line of Rabbi Hudam Mershmuel, where he says, Ein Gamliel, It has showed its face in a couple of other places, and maybe it wasn't here. Two lines from the bottom. Some say that the line of Rabbi Hudam Mershmuel, was actually on another brisa. The Tanya, the brisa writes Suffolk Suffolk Muhan, Rabbi Gamliel Matir, Rabbi yoshua Sir. This is a different brisa, different than our re-explanation of our Mishnah, because here we're including the name of Rabbi Yoshua, which didn't exist before. But that that the brysa is similar in its shitas, which is that Rabbi Gamliel is a Matir, and there on that brysa, Rabbi Yehuda, Mershpul, halakha, Rabbi There he said we don't pass like Rabbi Gamliel. Some say that the line of Rabbi Yehuda Mershmo, where he says that the halacha is not like Rabbi Gamliel was on a different brisa. This is a little bit longer, Longer, and we have to do a little more work to figure this out to Tanya. The Brysa writes as we turn to the top of Chav Dalad nagarin Beis, You're allowed to do shita from animals that are in a very small space. You're not allowed to capture animals that are stuck in nets. That's the Tanakama. We're not going to focus on his shita. We're going to focus on the next shita, Rabshimin ben Elazar Omer. Rabshimin ben Elazar says two things, and we'll see that the implications of these two things they conflict with one another. Here's uh, the first of his two things. You see that the trap is already um, is already closed on an animal before Yomto Yomtov. Then she mutarin. If you if you see that the trap door is closed. Even if you can't see the animal, it's under brush, but you see the trapdoor is closed five minutes before Shkia. That animal is mucha. That animal is then eligible to be used, no problem. But if you find that the trap is only closed for the first time, that's the first time you saw it. We still don't know when it was trapped. And we assume that it's trapped on Shabbos. So says the Gemara, within the sheet of Reb Shimon ben Elazar, there's a contradiction. What's the contra- contradiction within his is First, Reb Shimon ben Elazar said as follows. You said, that if you found that the trap door was closed, <clears throat> We said that that's the reason that it's mutter, Taima, The reason why you're allowed to eat that food is the baumitzan mikul kalan. We saw that the trap was already, was already tripped. But that implies that had there been an element of safik, then that would be asr. But the seifah implies something different what did Rebbe Shemim ben, ben Elazar say in the Sefa? That if a person were to have uh, seen the trap closed on Yom Tov, you'd know that it was trapped on, on proper. The reason why we're saying that we assume that is because the is because we see that the trap was set, was was triggered on Yom Tov. That implies that had it been that it was from before, at least a suffix of whether or not it was before, that it should be Mutter. So the two parts of and ben and contradict one another in their implications how do we answer that says the gemara you're right that it, it implies that way but you're kind of reading it the wrong way the gemara says one third of the way down kamar. this is the proper way to understand the sheet of and ben Elazar." it says if you see that the that the trap already caught the animal from before yom tov then you know that the animal was there from before yom tov and it's muhan no problem at all. But had it been that there was any element of safek, then we treat it as though it was for sure trapped on yomto, which means that it's definitely going to be muksa. And then on that note, Amar, Yehuda, Shmuel, halakha ben that was the comment of Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel, that we posken like Reb Shimon ben Elazar, that the suffix is going to be problematic. And that is thematic throughout. That brings us to the two dots halfway to the bottom of the page. And the line of the mid- in the middle of the page there says, <laughs> That was from the story in our Mishnah, Rabbi Gamliel, that a Nachri brought him some fish. And he said that it's mutter. Rabbi Gamliel said the fish is mutter. So what does mutter mean in this case? Says the Gemara, mutter Lamai. What are these fish that were given as a gift mutter for? You got them on yantar. What are they mutter for? Says the Gemara, Ravam You can receive them. In other words, they're not muksa. You can move them. There's no problem of metalan, all is fine. The Levi And Levi says, no, it's uh, it means that not only is it mutter to move, but it's also mutter to eat. Oma Rav, Rav says, and we'll see that this is all directly connected, Rav and Levi were counterparts, they were part of the Dor HaMa'avar, the transitioning generation from the Tanoim to the Amorim, and that's why Rav and Levi, each of them, played a role in that transference. Levi, for example, was a partial author of the Toseftas, Levi's an Amorah, he did what Rebbe did, but for the Toseftas, so he was very unique, Rav was as well, we know about Rav, that Rav Tanahu Upali, we see that as well, so the two of them, very early on in the Amorim, Omar Rav. Rav says, mm-hmm. This is uh, this is everyone here this morning. You got it. You got to be hitting the base medrash regularly. How do I know? Says Rav, because the a Levi havin and Rebbe ki amra lehashmaysa. Because both Rav says Levi and I were both in front of Rebbe when he was talking about this sugya. Beurta at night Amar mutarim beachila. At night, like Levy had quoted, but incorrectly, at night, he said it was mutarim b'achilah that one was even allowed to eat the gift that Rabban Gamliel had received. Safra, but in the morning, Amar mutarim le-kabel. And in the morning, by the time he finished teaching the sugya, so Rebbe, by the time he finished teaching the sugya, he said, I know I started with mutarim, but really the halacha is uh, that it's just le that you're only allowed to move it. So that's why the Gemara says, Ana, Rav says about himself, Ana Dehavoy Be Medrasha, I, who was in the base medrash for both parts of his shiurim. So Hadribi, I I knew I knew what Rebbe's retraction meant, and I knew what was going on in the flow of the sugya. But if you leave in the middle for uh for a whole day and you try to pick up the sugya, you're not gonna know what's going on. Levi Delohaba be Medrasha. But in regards to Levi, who was not in the base medrash for part of the Shirohadarba, he didn't know to retract. So Levi thought that when Rabban Gamliel said that the fish. That he received from the Nachri was mutter. Lady misunderstood and thought that it was edible, halachically edible. That's not true. It's like, it's not, it's, it's no love. You're not allowed to eat it. Masha Enkein, Rav understood properly. The Brisa asks, we're going to be finishing four or five lines before the end of the page. the Gemara asks from a Brisa, Nachri Shehebi Israel, similar to our Mishnah, a goi brings a gift to a Jew. Afilu fulmin, it's obvious they're fresh looking fish. They're still, their bodies are still uh, clearly new. Uperos b'nei fruit of the same day, muter. Karen. That's very difficult. The whole Masechta started with Beitzah Shenolda Biyontov. We compared it to Perus Hanoshrin about fruits and vegetables that, that fall off the tree on Yomtov. Of course, that's Muxa. so we have to figure this out. Mutar and shapir. shapir. According to Rav, who said that you're allowed to receive a gift and it's not Muxa. that's no problem. It's not Muxa, no problem. You can move them. You just can't eat them. According to, to Levi, who said that when it is allowed to eat these foods, you're not allowed to eat fruits that are of on Yom Tov. That's muksamamish. That's absolutely not allowed. So says the Gemara, that's a ridiculous argument. Ulataymeich, if what you're saying is that peros are not edible, peros b'neioman mishar betiltul. You're not allowed to carry them either. This isn't a raya for rav either. This is not a raya for anyone. No one should be able to move fruits that fall off a tree on Yom Tov. Ella says the Gemara, you're right. What is the case that we're dealing with in this brysa The case of Nachri Shavid Dorni says the Gemara, six lines from the bottom, seven lines from the bottom, De'adimi. It's fish that have a redness to them. This was an implication to them that they were still fresh. they are they are fruits, but the Krishevi Yarka they're fruits that look very new because they're sitting in the moisture of other fruits and vegetables. And apparently that's helpful. My Why then did the Reiser refer to them as because they look like they're new. So in other words, we tried to bring a Raya from this Mishnah about the we were not able to bring a proof to that case because these were not it, the case was not aligned with our mission. Our mission was dealing with fish that were given on that day, and Ms. Brysa was dealing with fish that were that were captured from before. We'll stop right here at Amara Papa and Emirzah Hashem. Pick up tomorrow. I don't know what time Daf is. It should be forty-five minutes before Mincha. Wishing you all a beautiful Shabbos and a good night Have a great day.